Hello, this is Keith Dent, and welcome to Black Men Speak, a podcast that highlights ordinary black men doing extraordinary things. 2020 was a year of reckoning about many things, but one central theme centered on police brutality toward black men sparked by the murder of George Floyd under a white officer's knee. Howard Stevenson, PhD director of the Racial Empowerment Collaborative at the University of Pennsylvania and a national expert in helping people of color address and heal from racism, had this quote. We should place less emphasis on whether black men are resistant to therapy and more on understanding the context in which they already feel comfortable talking about their feelings and traumas. If a black man is able to find a treatment that is culturally responsive, that he understands, and that embraces the uniqueness of his difference, he is more likely to use that service. Well, my next guest took that sentiment to heart, but chose an unconventional way to do it. His name is Daniel Morte, founder of Bikes Will Save the World. At the height of the pandemic and a major change in his life, chose to get on his bike and ride until he figured out what to do. A hundred miles later, he figured out a path to healing and chose bicycles as a way to get there. On that note, let's start the show. Daniel, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So, yes. So, let's just talk. So, you have this wonderful shirt on. I know it's a little bit maybe hard to see a little bit, but you know, bikes will save the world. And so, I want to really want to know why you created this organization, um, or it's really a mantra that you kind of live by. So, I'd love to hear that and why you felt the need to put you know that out there. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I started this this journey, Bikes Will Save the World, uh, during the pandemic. I work at a lot of gyms, and all the gyms got shut down. So there really wasn't nothing to do. I was like, I got a little money saved up. Uh, unemployment should be kicking in. So I decided to just ride. So I was riding, clocking maybe 200 to 300 miles a week. And uh, I just met a whole bunch of people that just got started into cycling. And I've been cycling for a couple of years. But the reasons why they got into cycling at that exact time was very similar to mine, why I continued to cycle, why I ride as much as I did during that time. It, it brings people together. It uh, provides an outlet to, to de-stress during probably the most uncontrollable and chaotic times, the pandemic. And you were also dealing with racial tensions. And that was a time when I'm riding, I would see people of different races, nationalities, sexual preference and genders, you know, all together, uniting together to reach a common goal of just getting to a destination on a bike. And it was the elements were something we needed in the world. And I saw that all on the road riding with people. So that's why I was like, bikes will save the world. And it's something that I wanted to promote to many, many people, as as, mu- as many people as possible. If they're going through really tough times, stressful times, they don't know how to like just, you know, express themselves or relieve themselves of that stress. Cycling has been a godsend for me personally. So I want to make sure that everyone knows that you have this outlet to help you go th- get through whatever you have in life. And, and that's fascinating uh, because, 
you don't really think of a kind of an inanimate object, you know, that to save your life. We, we think about other things, you know, therapy, sometimes medication, or just actually being in connection with people to help save lives. So you, you had mentioned, and I mentioned earlier, that you actually, in 2019, on June 30th specifically, decided to get on your bike, and you felt that moment basically saved your life. So I'd love you to touch upon that and tell me, well, one, what was it that you were feeling at the time that you felt compelled to actually get on the bike and ride and, and why a hundred miles? Well, um, I was going, it's a very common story, I guess, but I was going through a breakup. I was in a relationship for five years and I recalled in college going through a, a breakup uh, and it was the closest I've ever came to having suicidal thoughts. So when recently, you know, when recently, when I went through that breakup, I was like, I do not want to have those emotions and feelings again. I want to be in control of that. I couldn't sleep one night and the sun rose. I had my bike there and I just started riding and I still kept thinking about it, uh, thinking about the relationship and everything that's going to be changing. And so I looked at my Strava, which is uh, an app that most cyclists use. And I said, I am not getting off this bike until this Strava app says 100 miles today. So I just got on. And during that ride, I met uh, I met people, got reintroduced to people. Uh, I bumped into Major Taylor during that ride, which was great. And then when they were done with their ride, they was like, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? I'm like, I still got 30 more miles to do. You know, so I continued doing those, doing my miles. In fact, when I got home, close to home, I just did laps around the park until I finished 10 more miles. And then, you know, and then when I got home, I was just like, okay, first month, last month, security deposit, uh, my life, I can get this in order. It made me feel like I had more control of my life because I was in more control of my emotions at the time. Mm -hmm. And I credit that to a bicycle. And I've been doing, using that ever since. It really helps clear my mind in order to plan my life, you know, cycling, it literally helped me sit down and see a th and find a therapist to see too, as well. So it really accredits to a lot of things, keeps my emotions in check, uh, helps me de-stress, uh, keeps everything organized because I want to have time to ride. So I'm like, okay. That's awesome. And so you, so then you decided to create an organization based on that actual experience. And so what made you wanted to transform this into an organization and what, what have you learned from it since you created the organization, which was, I guess, uh, that was done in what, uh, during the pandemic 2020, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, I wanted to, I wanted to get as many people to ride as possible. Uh, and it allowed me to meet new people, it allowed me to uh, help guide them to get to that, uh, get to that goal. I want them to know that they can accomplish anything they set their minds to. And uh, a, a bicycle is a great, uh, a great tool to help you achieve that. Uh, it allowed me to help me see that I was not alone. And by creating the organization, I felt like it was a great way to probably help more people. Like through uh, grocery bicycles, I host a lot of rides on Sundays. Um, we get a lot of new riders and, uh, at first, the goal is just to get to George Washington Bridge, but then I'm like, hey, do you want to go even farther? And then they go even farther. You know, one time we actually did the ride, we took the, the ride all the way to Bear Mountain. 
it allows people to achieve certain goals they didn't think about achieving originally. Ever, everything is possible to achieve, like 100 miles in one day on a bike. You know, most people don't even like to drive that long. So, you know, but once they uh, uh, accomplish that, they're like, oh, man, I could take on anything, you know. I, you know, So it's something that I try to create, uh, try to uh, uh, endorse, and tr I try to help new people, try to guide them to achieve. And we, I'm trying to develop the, the organization to grow more than that, to help fundraise. Uh, we, the bike ride to Philly this year uh, was a fundraiser for uh, ride upgrades. Uh, I'm doing a lot of new uh, new rider new rider initiatives. It's just growing and growing, and uh, I want to see if we can take it as far as we can take it. And then through that, you know, because I know on the website people give testimonials um, on mm -hmm. how riding has kind of transformed, you know, them. So is, was there any story that you remember that kind of really touched your life, or maybe during one of the rides where? someone share their story that really resonated uh, with you that you'd like to share? Um, there, there are many, there are many. Once particularly on the, um, on the website, uh, a friend of mine, he said, who, my friend Julius Kelly, he's an amazing filmmaker. He had entries in Cannes Film Festival. He's done a lot in the 40 years he's been on this planet. But he said, the most important achievement he has ever done in his life was teaching his daughter how to ride a bike during this pandemic. I thought that was just absolutely amazing. You know, wow. that really just touched me in many, many ways. And then, you know, there's other, uh, other stories, people that, you know, were ex-smokers, now they're riding in a much healthier life. Uh, people survived cancer. Uh, there's one of the riders from, you know, grocery bicycles who rides a lot representing the, um, the story, he uh, uh, is a cancer survivor, and now he rides mm -hmm. just as consistently as I do. So there's a lot of great stories and behind every behind every handlebar, and I love hearing them all. And I love how cycling connects us all together, because we were at points in our lives where we just didn't know what to do. And the pandemic put us all in that same place at the same time. And when you go on 9W, you know, everyone has that same common thing and co common thing. And it really is a, such a really strong source of positive energy that is needed to get through the day. Yeah. And that's that's fantastic. You know, teaching someone how to ride a bike. Yeah. Um, because it's such an accomplishment and just the sheer joy that you always see when someone figures out how to pedal and not to yes. not to worry about falling. Uh, yes. It's really awesome. I really recently just taught a woman how to ride a bike. Uh, she's 35 years old and she's never ridden a bike before. And because of the brand, Bikes Will Save the World, she just reached out to me via Instagram and was like, you know, do you, do you give lessons? And at first I wasn't really promoting that because like, you know, uh, I was actually just nervous, I guess. Um, but then, you know, luckily I had a loaner bike and she, she was able to learn how to ride every once a week for like th only three months. She goes from not being able to balance herself on the bike to 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 just loving every second of being on the bike. And then when we do rides together, because now she's at that point, we could just ride together. She sees born in, you know, she's been living in Jersey City for like 20 years. And then she through a bike. She sees parts of the city she's never seen before. She's enjoying the transportation and the commuting. Uh, unlike any other time that she ever had before because she was dealing with cars and all the frustration of that. Her energy from 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 riding 
changed so much in such a positive way, you know, to a point where now it's a part of her life. I was just speaking with her today. She's already planning on buying like a legit road bike now. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe you'll get her on that hundred mile bike ride, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, yeah. June. Yeah. And so let's, let's kind of move to that. So two, I guess two years ago, you decided to ride to Philly mm -hmm. from Jersey city. Um, was that something that just organically happened or how did you, how did you decide to just do that? Uh, and why Philly? Well, first of all, Philly's cool. <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> and uh, me and my cycling partner, uh, Jeff, you know, we, we, we ride almost everywhere together. Like if I'm not riding with Major Taylor, I'm riding with him. In fact, I ride with him more than I ride with Major Taylor. And uh, we uh, wanted to celebrate. Our birthday is literally a day apart. You know, we're we're decades. Uh, uh, we have a decade gap in age, but our birthday is just a day apart. And we decided, yo, let's. We both like cheesesteaks. We both ride. You know, let's ride to Philly, and and it just organically happened like that. But then uh, some more friends that we ride uh, that we ride with were like, oh, can I come along? And I'm like, sure. Can I come along? Sure. And then a few other friends said, oh, I have a friend that rides. She'll love to tag along. So there was like maybe four people I'd never met that showed up on the 14th of June, 2020 to do this ride. Some of them never done hundred miles before. Uh, and we rode all the way to central Philly to get cheesesteaks. And uh, it was a great place to go, not only just for the cheesesteaks, but I also have a friend that lives like two blocks away, uh, Renata. So we was able to crash at her house for a couple hours before we had to take the train back. It was so much fun. We legit said, we're doing this again next year. And then last June, you know, we did it again. Only this time we, we doubled the amount of miles. Yeah. So you, yeah. So, yeah. So I got bamboozled. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do a hundred miles. <laughs> I'll get on that. And, um, and then I was like, oh wait, you're going 200 miles there and back. So I would, I want to, well, one, before we talk about how, how was it, you know, what was the difference between the ride this year and last year. But I do have to say that the camaraderie of the people that were riding and there were all different skill levels um, was truly remarkable because it was, it was truly a kind of a, I mean, I would say it was a team concept. Um, there were many stops along the way, but no one was really trying to outdo uh, the other, anyone on the ride, which I thought was great because you know, you had black, white, you had women, you had men just enjoying, I guess, the journey. And that's and that's probably really what you're what bikes saves the world yep. is all about the journey to where you want to get to. Yeah, it's yeah, it's never about uh, competing with someone. Never, you know, like competing with someone. So that person will feel like they're not as good. Like, what's the point? You know, uh, but it's also it's a group of friends that love each other that is helping each other get to that get to that destination it's probably difficult for all of us individually to say we're going to ride to philly alone so we're both teamed up together we have all this energy and it allowed us all to have teamwork to push 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 to get to philly uh, and it's it is the main and only reason why we were able to actually turn around the following day and do it again you know only it was only six people the second day. You know, the other six was smart. <laughs> yeah. So was that turnaround? Was that tough getting back? Uh, the last thirty miles, yes. 
the last 30 miles was like it wasn't the first time i've done uh back-to-back centuries um but uh it was difficult for one thing one um with like 90 miles to go i was on one gear the entire you know for 90 miles mm. so that was what made it really difficult for me uh, but i was also like my girlfriend was the, the support vehicle i was not going to jump in the car and say i can't do it so i continued riding uh for the rest of the way so that's what made the last 30 miles like really tough um but to be honest like i couldn't imagine any other way to celebrate a birthday and any other way to go through that than with the people i was with so we we all helped each other get there we all helped each other to achieve a goal that not many not many of us uh would have achieved on our own and not many of us would have thought about achieving and that's the best part about it uh, i learned through that ride that there's a difference between i you know saying i wish and i can't and i won't you know you know people say oh, i can't do this and they confuse it they confuse the word i can't with i won't it's not that you can't you just won't I, I i'm grateful that i can say i did this so that when i get older and i know i, I can't mm -hmm. i'm not gonna say right, right. i wish yeah and you know and, so oh, that was I want to backtrack a little bit. My my dad always says that um, that you choose not to do something. So if you're saying you can't do it, it's not that you can't. You're choosing yeah. not yeah. to do it, and so um, and that's a and that's a great thing. You just have to make the choice and, and do it. And if it takes a lot, maybe longer to get to your destination, the fact that you've actually taken the leap really yeah. speaks volumes. Uh, and so. That, that's great. So, and also in one of, I, mean, I know, an article that I read uh, about you, you had talked about riding. And while riding, you have to know when to go hard, coast, and enjoy the ride. In cycling, when do you find that you do those, you do those things? And then how does that transform to actually your life? When do you feel you go, you have to go hard? When do you feel you coast and like enjoy life? Yeah. I think uh, for in, in the terms of cycling, I think everyone who uh, lives in the metropolitan area who's an avid cyclist, uh, the biggest goal or the biggest hurdle to accomplish is uh, an area called Bear Mountain. Um, and if you've ever done Bear Mountain, you know exactly what I'm talking about, how difficult that ride is. Uh, you, it's exactly what it is. You're climbing a mountain. The mm -hmm. incline is absolutely insane. It's absolutely difficult. But once you get there, uh, you feel so accomplished. And then you're able to enjoy that really fast coasting all the way back down. You know, you did all that work just to enjoy that moment of, of, of feeling like you're a bird and feeling like you're free and feeling like you've accomplished something um, great. And um, it's always, you know, getting ready for a, 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 a tough ride like that. You know, you look at the mountain, you, you, you're planning on what type of gears at what point to use uh understanding uh uh how how your body is you know if you prepped and fueled properly that's why the night before you always plan you always prep you always drink a lot of water you eat a lot of carbs all that stuff and then you, you you go hard on it and then when you finally get up that hill you know what i'm saying you just go back down with that sense of accomplishment it's very symbolic to life in many ways you know uh before you have this problem or have to have this task you try to plan as much as you can. And then when you're in the middle of that process, depending on the situation, knowing when to like improvise, 
change gears in many ways, you know, and, but just no matter what, keep going, keep going. There's a lot of things that I want to accomplish. There's a lot of things that I want to uh, uh, do, you know, and I cycling really taught me is, is to keep going because once you get on top of that mountain, you're going to feel so accomplished and then you can enjoy the easy part of it. You know, the, 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 the accolade, the acclaim, the, the moment of achievement, which is the ride down. Um, this pandemic was definitely the reset that I needed because I was um, in just, I wouldn't say a law situation. I was just, I just didn't know where to go with my life and my career. I graduated in film and, uh, you know, I couldn't really get much work in film work. So I kind of changed up to, you know, I got a job working at a, um, a gym and slowly just got so much interested in the gym that I, you know, I got my spinning lights, uh, spinning certification so i teach spin uh teach trx i'm you know still working on my personal training um you know but i'm doing a lot of classes a lot of group fitness classes so i'm planning out my career in many ways i'm getting a lot of information about uh, a certain work and certain programs that uh provide like master's programs and stuff like that so it's helping me improvise uh going through this journey to reach a certain level in my career to where i'm like i can coast and enjoy being this uh, individual. And that's uh, what cycling really helped me be hungry for, you know, and be and plan out, you know, the rest of my life. But one thing, planning out the rest of my life, one thing that's going to be consistent will be a bicycle. Oh, great. Yeah. And so the changing gears, it basically is symbolizes, you know, what you, you were able to do in your life uh, from film to now uh, personal training and, and those things. And so, that that's thank you for that. And so, um, so you had mentioned that you were at a point where you felt that you had had some suicidal thoughts, but I, I know in kind of our talks from before, um, you felt that you kind of had to keep it secret or hidden. Why, why did you feel that way? And um, and what made you decide to uh, kind of shift gears and be more a little bit more candid about you know some of the things that you went through? Um, I always to a point where it was not healthy enough. Saying um, stop complaining. There's people that have it worse. That is absolutely true. But there should be moments where you know, like your feelings and your emotions should be valid. So. Uh, unfortunately, I just grew up with that state of mind of just keeping it to myself and keep going. You know what I'm saying? But you know, you keeping it bottled up, it really becomes really toxic into your mind and into your, into your soul. You know, so when I was going through that situation in college where I had close to suicidal thoughts, um, but something really amazing happened around that time. Um, you know what I'm saying? You know, having those thoughts and that scared me to death. And that was my senior year of college majoring in film and then i was just like i got work to do you know so i you know just cashed out a student loan and bought went to bnh bought a whole bunch of film equipment and uh started my career like immediately you know i started doing film projects started doing photography gigs uh i got i got hired to do a uh to, to do a documentary in cuba you know it was it, you know i had a good run because that moment scared me and I never want to go get close to that moment. You know, fast forward to uh, when I was dealing with that breakup, you know, I 
immediately was like, I don't want to go get close to having those emotions again. Like, don't ever want to feel that weak and vulnerable again. So I picked up, you know, and I was already cycling for a good couple of years before then. So I was just like, let me get on that bike. But that was the first time I literally got on a bike and was like, I'm going to do 100 miles all by myself, you know. And it, that was probably the moment that I needed so much that helped reset everything else in life. So when the pandemic happened, I already had a game plan, already had everything ready, and it really helped provide that. But I, I kept it secret up until, like, like, you know, I I felt like I had everything in control and I was able to talk about it. Um, you know, over the past couple, you know, over the past pretty much two years now, we've been dealing with such a huge pandemic that has been really taking a toll on a lot of people's mental health. I felt like it was time to really be open and honest about, like, this is what uh, was going on with me. This is why you probably noticed on Facebook, I was doing like, uh, like, you know, 60, 70 miles a day at one point, you know, because I was just, I was just trying to clear my head as much as possible. And I, you know, and finding people, finding out that a lot of people were doing the same really helped out. And I just wanted to reach, reach more people and be like, you're not alone. Um, there's outlets and ways to handle that. You can't keep it bottled in. And cycling really helped me realize, like, I also need to talk to someone. So like, I'm paying out of my own dime, but I've been seeing a therapist and it's been helping out a great deal. And that's a kind of a big challenge, especially for our black men in our communities, feeling, um, I guess, courageous enough to actually say that they need help. And so was there any specific moment or have you, have you come across anyone where you had to, you saw someone that was in need and you reached out and, kind of gave them your testimony and what was the, if, if you did, you know, what was the result and how did they respond to that? Um, a few of them joined me in, in, in rides, you know, uh, you had the conversation about, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Me and my wife are having issues or, you know, I'm, saying, I'm not sure what's going on with work and, you know, just, you know, just simple conversations, uh, and listening to them really helps. And they they were called, call me the next day and be like, yo, dude, like, honestly, that really helped out. That really helped me. And there's many people that have literally messaged me talking about how, like, you know, I, I, I guess I am very inspiring and they, it helped them. They motivated them to get on a bike and, you know, they reached out to me and be like, you know, I was going through this, but then I saw what you were doing and then I started riding too. And it really, really helps out. And it's one of the reasons why, like, you know, saying, uh, I, I'm continuing Bikes to Save the World as much as possible because the feedback has been amazing, absolutely amazing. You know, and I mean, if it helps one person, like, you know, like I, I do the bike MS ride. If one person, you know what I'm saying, with MS finally you know, has a better life, then it's totally worth it. The the bike to Philly, we were going to get cheesesteaks anyway. If we were able to get a kid a bike, then it'll be worth it. Uh, so, you know, to continue this going and then to know the fact that it really helps uh, people emotionally and mentally to get to, into more positive points in their lives, then it's totally, totally, totally worth it. And it's something that I want to continue doing for as long as possible. Right. Uh, and so with Bikes That Save the World, what really what's next or where do you see you know the organization going for 2022 and beyond 
Uh, I hope for sponsorships. I hope we can actually put together um, uh, longer bike rides, like bike packing trips. Me and my friends, you know, we call ourselves the JC Goonies. Uh, we uh, we ride all the time together. Uh, during the winter, we rode to breweries and back. Uh, we, you know, now we're thinking about going beyond that. And I would love to like host rides very similar to that. Um, I've been working with uh, Grove Street Bicycles, probably the best, the top bike shop in Jersey City. Um, it's a really awesome um, shop that has amazing sales tax, like 3% on bikes. So I already got a few bikes on hold right now there. There's certain routes, you know, week-long bike packing trips. Um, you know, we've been working with uh, Bike JC, which is a bicycle advocacy group in the area. And we've been trying to get the Essex Hudson Greenway uh, finalized so that we can actually have a trail from Jersey City to, to Montclair. Uh, it will help out a great deal in terms of transportation and uh, health, a, a variety of things. And I definitely want uh, Bikes for Save the World to be a strong part of that, uh, to de definitely start an actual company and corporation that helps get kids of all ages, races, you know, backgrounds uh, up, uh, together and just ride, you know, and to get, to get into bikes, learning about bike mechanics. I think, you know, getting a kid a bike and Having him learn how to fix it himself really helps a lot with uh, him learning mechanics and you know basic engineering skills, and uh, hopefully put together a program that um, that provides that. Yeah, adults adults can use that as well. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I still have STEM problems on my um, on my new bike. I'm like trying to fix. I'll, I would definitely join that class. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, because I mean I meant to say uh, when I went to Bear Mount because I did the MS ride as well. Uh, first time, you know, I told my wife, I was like, oh, I'm going to do the century because she had just ran in the marathon just a couple years ago. And not, and that was probably the craziest thing I'd ever done because I was on that mountain. I was like, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a brother left up here. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I, was, I was cold. It was cold and I was definitely tired. But by the time mm. I got back, I mean, I was, there was probably when you, the marathon, those last riders that are coming oh, yeah. back in the dark, I was one of those riders um, mm -hmm. coming back. And um, and I didn't fall at all, except right when I got to the finish line, the, the guy was trying to hand me the medal, and I ended up falling on the bike. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, so it was pretty crazy. But I, I do, um, yeah, appreciate you, you know, talking about Bear Mountain and just the the challenge that you have to go through just to get get up the hill and down and, and, and this a serious accomplishment you feel when you complete it. So, you know, kudos that you do it on a regular basis. So, <laughs> um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask and, and thank you for being on tonight, but you, uh, you recently, I think you kind of took bikes, bikes will save the world on international as you took your, you know, trip to Ghana this summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, what was it like to go back? I think you're because you're from Ghana, correct? Um, I'm the only born American in my immediate family. You know, right. my half brother was born in Brooklyn, but uh, you know, my immediate family, my sister, my mom, and my mm -hmm. father, all I'm the first only born American in the family. Oh, okay. So, yeah. what was it like? What was it like to go and um, and to I kind of because I think you did present your bikes will save the world there. So, what what was the what was the reception like when you when you went? Um, you know, going back always feels, uh, I went when I was five, 15, 35, and this past June. 
Um, and it wasn't until the last two times, you know, being much more mature, much older, you know, I, it feels like going home. You know, even though I was born and raised here, it just feels like going home. So uh, seeing uncles I haven't seen in almost two decades, seeing, you know, my you know my father's grave, my grandparents' grave, going into the house my mother was born in, you know what I'm saying? It was all just like surreal. Uh, but, you know, um, going there and, you know, they were just proud to see that I'm doing well, you know, getting through. And while I was over there, I bought a bike, you know, and uh, rode out there. Uh, the uh, it's very common to see a lot of cycling. You know, what I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying, mm. people just using a, 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 a bike just to get from point A to point B. They're in flip flops. It's completely rusted. Uh, they have no idea about bike mechanics, and they're just getting across uh, uh, to get to work or whatnot. So, you know, saying cycling is very common there. Me going there with uh, bikes to save the world, seeing they they saw something different about it. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't just getting uh, to work and getting to transportation. Um, um, and it was something that uh, I was very, very, very well aware of. So when I got the, when I bought, went to a department store, bought a, a bike for like 250 bucks, rode around for maybe three days because I just really wanted to ride while I was over there. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, when I left, I gave it to someone who needed it. And one of the local kids in the area that where, you know, that lives in the same compound with my mom, you know, uh, uh, you know, he runs errands for his parents all the time. So I was just mm -hmm. like, yo, you want a bike? <laughs> he was like, okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? He was completely floored. He was completely surprised and shocked. And it was a beautiful, I gave him a t-shirt too as well. And it was just a really awesome, awesome moment to just say that you, you know, you're doing something as simple as giving someone a bike. And it's, it's a huge deal. Like it's, it's, it, it might change everything. Just help him out. Just so even if it helps him out a little bit more getting more stuff for his parents, you know, it just, it really just changes the dynamics of, 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 of that child's life. You know, it's uh you know, it's a really surreal feeling. And the fact that, you know, every time I go to another country, I'm going to do the exact same thing, buy a bike, you know what I'm saying? Give it to a kid that probably needs it, you know? Um, that's, Great story. I'm glad that you shared it because it it shows that um, that just an act of kindness can really go about and just change someone's life. And you, the fact that you did that by using your platform and a bike, um, will change this kid's life forever. Because not a, now he's because he's already doing something for his parents, doing the you know the errands, you know. Mm -hmm. the, and um, doing the the important stuff for his family, and now he feels like he can do it in a much more efficient way, and and maybe feel like you know he's he's growing up. So that that's great. Uh, congratulations on that. As you know, or as you remember, I always um, like to end our uh, show with a question, and so I'd, I can't wait to hear. Maybe it's changed, but the question really is: as right now on uh, November. November 7th. How are you feeling uh, as a black man, black man right now? Oh, man. Uh, compared to the last time, a little bit more in control of my future, a little bit more control of what's in store in the next five, 10 years. Uh, it's funny. I was just thinking about it, too. When um, I'm 38, and this coming June, I'll be 39. So you have that countdown to 40. I remember when I was 29 on that countdown to 30, freaking out about it, scared to death because like, you know, 
uh, you think at that time you should be really getting ready for the house, the kids, the wife, all that stuff. Mm. None of that stuff happened, obviously. <laughs> um, so like, you know, it put me in a huge depression and, you know, I'm saying of getting to that age. And now I wish I can go back in time and hug that kid and say, it's going mm. to be okay. I am looking forward future. Uh, I am having a lot of more fun now than I did when I was uh, in my twenties, you know, you know, uh, and I, I, I feel like I'm in control of everything now. Well, most of uh, the things in my life, you know, uh, I have a plan for things I can't control. You know, uh, I learned how, you know, if things are not making you happy in your life, learn to let go. I am grateful that I have really good people in my life. I'm also grateful that um, that there are certain people that left it. And I appreciate them and wish them well, but I realize how much is important to keep them at a certain level of distance at this point in my life now. And it's 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 so good. It's I feel I feel in a really positive state of mind now. I have really good friends, you know, being tw- you know, being 28, you have your drinking buddies. And now being 38, I have my bike riding buddies. And oh wait, one of them does taxes. <laughs> one of them gave me stock <laughs> You know, like, you know, you, you're you at a certain level of maturity and then you realize like, you know, uh, you know, things get better when you get older, you know, like I, I, I'm really looking forward uh, and I think I have a good control of the future. I just got to make sure that I stretch every, you know, in the morning first, you know. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, the one of the things that you didn't mention that you have, and I think is the reason why this is uh, such a great thing that you do is that your infectious energy so that I know that's one thing, you know, I know when we first met on a ride, I mean, I knew each other through rising tide, but I remember your first time on a ride and you had your music going and I'm like, hey, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Like, Some people find that annoying. Actually. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to try to keep up with him. But of course that didn't happen. But, uh, but there, the infectious energy that you have, I think really is your key thing that I hope you maintain. Uh, because I think everybody that knows you and is around you feels that and loves that about you. So, uh, Daniel, I just wanted to say, uh, thank you for being on tonight. Uh, thank you for having I'm me, glad we're going to do it again. And, um, and before we close out for people that are interested in bikes will save the world. How can they, um, I guess hear more about the organization and if they want to ride on you know your rides and, and hear more about the organization. Well, they could definitely reach me on Instagram uh, at Bikes Will Save the World. Uh, I have the website still open, um, bikeswillsavetheworld.com. And uh, yeah, those are the pretty much the two main sources that you can reach me. I'm on Facebook. You can friend me at Facebook, you know, Daniel Kofi Morte. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, my uh, I can send you my email address as well, daniel.morte at gmail.com. Go ahead, you know, so, uh, I would love everyone's opinions and feedback. And uh, if they want to reach out in terms of like, you know, uh, uh, what kind of rides we can do, I want to do like morning coffee rides for people that are like, you know, really, really beginner cyclists, like you know, what I'm saying they're riding a four dollar Huffy and you know, we could just ride a couple miles to get coffee. And I also want to do like uh, another ride to Bear Mountain, you know? So uh, I would definitely love to hear from everyone. Um, and, you know, we can definitely, I think cycling brings people together and I want to continue that, you know? So, you know, let's do that. 
That's great. That, thank you for that. And for those of you who, this, if this is your first time listening to the Black Men Speak live stream podcast, I appreciate you being on tonight. Uh, you can listen to past um, shows on my, uh, on your, where we get your favorite podcast. It's called the Black Men Speak podcast. There's some great uh, stories on there. Um, and we're going to keep doing this thing because I feel that black men have a story to tell and we just need, but the only way we can do it is if we tell our own story. So Daniel, thank you for being on tonight and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel, for a candid discussion and presenting us with Bikes Will Save the World. If you get a chance, check out this organization. I'll provide the link in the show notes so they can save a life one bike at a time. Black Men Speak was written, produced, and edited by me, Keith Dent. You can listen to previous episodes of the show wherever you get your favorite podcast. As you know, we always like to end the show with a quote, and this one comes from Major Taylor, who you might have heard Daniel mention earlier in the show. He was the world's first black sports superstar, getting numerous records in cycling in the late 1800s and early 1900s. His quote goes like this, nothing in this world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not, nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated failures. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. This is Keith Dent from the Black Men Speak podcast. Peace.